You're listening to the 411 on Mousecapades Radio. It's my station. The following is an original production of the Mousecapades Radio Network. Now, from the Mousecapade Studios, here are your hosts. Happy Hump Day, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Stephanie, Christy, and Rebecca. We hope that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 814, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades and More podcast. Just a reminder that the Mousecapades and More podcast is a part of the Your Story Travel Company. If you're looking to book a trip, we'd be glad to help. Just text Chrissy, Rebecca, Vicki, or myself, Stephanie, at 636-373-4497, and we'd be happy to get with you to design a magical vacation. A small refundable deposit of $200 will hold your resort and ticket package, so contact one of us today. So... Guests were recently questioned on Disney resorts that are, excuse me, Disney restaurants that people tell them are must-dos. They wanted to know if people really agreed with the must-dos. And so I thought that we could talk about the ones that were listed out there. And of course, the first one is Cinderella's Royal Table, which I've never done. I'm sure some of you guys have. Have all of you guys done it? It's been years. Yeah, it's been a long time for me too. And stuff you've never done it? No, I haven't. It's not that I don't want to do it. It's that I'm cheap. But it is cool. You get to go in the castle and you get to meet all those princesses. But the people that they uh, interviewed said that the food was just meh. And when you're paying $79 plus tax and tip for just an adult, the food should be better than eh, in my opinion anyway. Agreed, 100%. (laughs) There's so much good food at Disney and there's other places that are not quite as expensive to go. And I just, I don't know. There are other places you can see the the princesses. You can see some of them in the back of the castle. You can see some of them in Epcot. For me, I'm not going to push that for a guest. If they want that, if a client asks me for that, I will fight for it. But it's not something that I ever push because that's what I've always heard. Did you guys hear anything different or what were your thoughts when the two of you guys went, when Rebecca and Chrissy went? I enjoyed, um, there used to be a Cinderella package at the 1904 uh, restaurant yes. at Grand Floridian. We liked that one so much better. I don't think it's there anymore, but we liked that one so much better than Cinderella's Royal Table. Well, and 1904 is not reopened since the pandemic. It's one of the very few restaurants that didn't reopen. Right. But I felt like with Cinderella's Royal Table, we were paying $50 a piece for the kids to eat a couple of chicken nuggets because they were so excited, you know, to see, to look for the princesses and all that, that they didn't eat. And their meal was close to $50 a piece. So for me, it was a no-go. Not again. And and this is how long it's been. I, I want to say Michael was maybe in preschool, kindergarten age. <laughs> so it wasn't even that he even wanted to see the princesses. Right. It was, I mean, it was probably a, we were on the dining plan and we had two credits that needed to be used. And I click, click, clicked and I was able to get it. And I'm like, well, it's an experience that we may not have for a while. Let's just dine in the castle. We, and I joke and the listeners know, the Pagnatis are hearty eaters. There's no (laughs) denying that. So for us, whether the food is met or not, I mean, we've had better food, yes. Mike prefers a family style or a buffet style. Um, So he prefers that for value, where I could give or take because where I am a Pagnotti, my appetite is not necessarily as hearty as Mike's or now Michael's. Um, <laughs> if if I were to suggest to eat in the castle now, Michael would roll his eyes. He would do it <laughs> for me. If I said, Michael, I want to see the princesses, he'd be like, okay, I'll go with you. But then I think when we were there, he'd enjoy the experience. Right. 
but he'd roll his eyes. But I mean, will I, if, if my, if my guests wanted it, I do whatever, like you said, I do whatever it took to try to get it for them. Am I going to push it for them? I think there are many better dining experiences. And I think that there are many better opportunities to see the princesses. Honestly, I think a better princess dining interaction that just reopened is in Norway. Akershus. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 I can never pronounce it correctly. So I just say Norway. <laughs> I do the same. 25 years of mispronouncing it. I just say princess dining in Norway. I've, yeah, I've heard it's a hidden gym. Yeah. It's hard to get. It's a reservation now that's actually pretty hard to get. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, yeah. I mean, back when I worked for the Disney stores, the second time guests would ask and I'd say, you know, I'm, you know, this is, this is a secret. You're not supposed to know. And <laughs> they knew. Yeah. For us, Vicki, that $79 for an adult to eat there. It's something that like Chrissy said, if the dining plan were to come back, that's kind of what we've been waiting for. Right. But like, I mean, my kids are so young, they're not going and eating and I'm not paying that much money for them to complain and not eat their food. Right. And then if I did have a dining plan, then absolutely. So a lot of these we have like, no, we're, you know, we'll do Chef Mickey's because we know we love that. But besides that, we're just kind of waiting until either they're a little older and can appreciate it more or until there's a dining plan that we could take advantage of these kinds of things. So I'm the same. I'm not pushing it. and But I do have a lot of clients who like it and who want to do it. So it's an experience because it's the castle. Right. I get that part. So another one that people say is a must do would be the Be Our Guest restaurant. Um, another experience. It's over there in Magic Kingdom. Chrissy's already given the thumbs down. She's not a fan. So we'll hear her opinion on this one in a moment. Now, the theming is pretty neat. It's very immersive. Makes you feel like you're in the movie. But of course, same thing. The pricing, the pricing is just, ooh, it's a little, it's a little much. Um, now, prior to the pandemic, guests could make a reservation for breakfast and lunch, and then they could actually have this immersive experience over there at a quick service price point, which was amazing. It and was. then, yes, dinner was table service restaurant where, you know, you had the appetizer, entree, dessert. Well, now you don't get that. You get lunch and you get dinner. And it's a prefix menu and it's going to cost you. And the cost is $67 for adults and $39 for children. And remember, children are ages three through nine. And then, of course, you've got to add on your tax and your tip. And so that definitely adds up. And if we're talking about character interactions, the sad thing is that it's the beast. Like, that's it. I'm not sad because... I don't want to see the beast. Right. Sad because it's not a normal character interaction. Like he comes out and he waves. He doesn't like walk around all the time. Maybe he does sometimes, but for the most part, I hear he comes out and he gives a wave and then he's kind of gone again. He's not at your table taking pictures one-on-one with you. And I just, I wish for that price point that they would change this as well into more of a character meal where there's Belle, there's the Beast, maybe Cogsworth, Lumiere, Mrs. Potts, Chip, you know, they come out, they could take pictures with you. That'd be amazing. It really would. It's kind of why it gets the thumbs down from, not thumbs down from me, but it does get a thumbs down from me. They put all this theming and it's a gorgeous setting. I mean, even when you go and meet Buzz Lightyear, he stamps your autograph book. I know he can't hold the pen and sign. He stamps your autograph book. If the beast came around with a stamp to stamp the autograph book or something that was already pre-signed, you know, get your picture taken and he hands you a little card that says, thanks for, you know, thanks for coming to my castle. Just something more interactive. Why can't Belle, for $67, why can't Belle come out in her yellow ball gown? Even at the end, of your meal just mm-hmm. for a quick picture and autograph. There's no reason for $67. Plus the menu's kind of funky, I think. I mean, my first experience at Be Our Guest was quick service breakfast and I thought it was fabulous. I wish that there were more than just, oh look, I'm sitting in, you know, the ballroom. Or, right. You know, it was cool, but at the same time I'm like, I kind of missed like a character. But I really, I liked the quick service and I thought it was kind of a neat concept. Like, look at this awesome themed room. And 
I'm getting quick service food, but mm-hmm. better service. It, I'm not just carrying a plastic tray, you know. Such a, it was such a cool experience, and it was even being quick serve. It wasn't super cheap, but it was still a cool experience. You were glad that you tried it. I don't know. We did it for Christmas morning. Oh, that's fun. It just seems weird, like weird. I don't know. Fun- and and it's no secret that I'm a very picky eater. You would not be eating those snails, is what you're telling us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're not going to eat those snails either. The gray stuff is pretty delicious, though. I oh, do have yes. to say. Yeah. But I read an article the other day that said, is the gray stuff really worth worth this price point? Because that's what everybody was saying when they were looking forward to is the gray stuff. And they're like, that's a lot of money to pay to get the gray stuff. <laughs> you can find some copycat recipes online. <laughs> Chef Mickey's is another restaurant that guests tell their friends is a must do. While a selling point is that you get to eat with Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Goofy, and Pluto. Is that the only reason people are eating there? It is sometimes an impossible reservation to get. Many people have said the food doesn't match the price point of this reservation. When the restaurant was serving family style after the pandemic, guests were raving about the food and the character experience. Recently, the restaurant has gone back to a self-service buffet. Breakfast is $51 for adults 10 and up. Kids are $33 plus tax and tip. Dinner is $62 for adults 10 and up and kids are $39. What do you think? Let's give our listeners our thoughts. I've always thought Chef Mickey's was fun. I mean, I think it's an experience that everybody should have at least once when they go to Disney. And you had it as a buffet, right? I did. Okay. Yeah, I do Chef Mickey's, um, but I've only been going since the pandemic to Chef Mickey's and we've gone every single time since the pandemic. However, it has not been the um, buffet it was that family style and i loved that i'm not sure if i'm gonna go on my you know next time i take a trip and i've got my kids i'm not it's not on my list because i loved the buffet style i don't or i, I love the family service style not the buffet style i don't want to get up and have to get all three children something different over and over again and miss everything so i would rather not um i do think the food is amazing though i have not gone for dinner I save myself the tiny bit of money that it is, and I go while it's slightly cheaper, same character experience, and I really like breakfast food, so we go kind of for a brunch, and I love it. So we went right, um, yeah, that was the December of 2020 when we took my mom and we were doing the no parks trip, and it was the family style, and I agree, Steph, it was phenomenal, especially for her with it being her very first time interacting and having guests. She's got, I've got some of the cutest pictures of her. You would think she was a young child because Mm -hmm. she was so excited. It was so worth the money, no matter what we paid at that point. But I'm afraid to go back because I just, you know, and you know what buffets are like normally. They just, the food dries up. You have to fight people to get there. And like you're saying with your three littles, that would stink if you missed an adventure with Minnie or with Mickey or if something really cute happened, you know, when Goofy came over and was playing with Augie and you were at the buffet with Teddy or, or Lucy. I mean, you're missing out on memory. So I really was hoping they would stay what, the way it was. As a mom, it's hard enough to even eat myself. Like I'm so busy feeding everybody else and making sure their stuff is cut up and uh, you know, oh, you need butter on that here. Let me, uh, that needs to be peeled. I've got it. And it's already difficult just to eat the food that's in front of you. But then if you make me get up to go get it, like I'm going to miss everything. So that's a hard pass for me. See, I've, uh, and, and I am a hardcore Chef Mickey's rah-rah fan back from the days when it was at downtown Disney. Oh, Okay. This is this goes way back. I mean, talk to my siblings about how far back we've been going to Chef Mickey's back before it was at the Contemporary. I will say I totally understand your point of having to shuffle children up to the buffet. I get that. But I've only I've never experienced family style at Chef Mickey's. I've experienced family style at Garden Grill, Liberty Tree, Ohana. And Ohana's breakfast character breakfast, which is one of my favorites too. And Garden Grills, our other favorite character 
dining. And we've done breakfast and dinner at Chef Mickey's. I mean, I will shout from the rooftops. Is it the best value? I mean, no, it's going to be expensive. It's Disney. We love it because you see the Fab Five. We never, ever, even when Michael was little, ever felt rushed. Like, the the characters are constantly coming out. Like, if you missed, say, Minnie coming to your table because you were up helping Lucy get a plate of macaroni and cheese, Minnie's going to come back out in another 10 minutes. I mean, it, they're constantly, and they don't, those char- those character handlers, they they don't rush and they don't rush you. You could sit at that table for two hours and they could have more guests waiting with their reservations, but they will never rush you. They will make sure that you see every character and get every signature and picture and interaction that you, I, I just, I shout Chef Mickey's from the rooftops. People, and, and some Disney purists they're oh boo chef mickey's is blah and boring and if you've got one character meal to do Mm -hmm. make it chef mickey's i agree that's what i tell my clients when they ask yeah chef mickey's meet them all i now i wish i had experienced the family style i just i think my ocd doesn't like buffets but i'm okay with the buffet at chef mickey's and it's weird bizarre no, not necessarily. I mean, we just never went there up until that point because that's all we had heard. And my kids weren't younger. Yeah. And I wanted something for my mom. You know, when you wait till you're 69 years old to go to the place that you'd wanted to go since you were a little kid watching the movies, I was like, well, I have to take her there. And right. It was, you know, I'm sure you guys saw pictures and it was just. Oh, amazing. yeah. No, no, it's 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 I think it's a great. I think it's a great character meal, great character interaction. And I think the food is pretty good. I do. I, I wish I wish I had experienced the family style, though. I am a big fan of the family style. I think you would have liked it. It was we did the dinner, which was a little bit more money, but it was so delicious. Right. And I think there's just less waste, waste, less, less waste. Yes, I would agree. Well, the last restaurant that Disney guests were interviewed about was Tusker House in Animal Kingdom. Um, I've never actually eaten at Tusker House, but it smells amazing when you walk by. Um, Tusker House is found in Africa, and the meal is a character meal with Safari Mickey, Safari Goofy, Safari Donald, and Safari Daisy. It is also a buffet, um, has some American dishes as well as some African-themed dishes for guests to try. They serve all three meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And breakfast for adults is $45, and kids are $29 plus tax and tip. Lunch and dinner are the same, and um, I'm sorry, lunch and dinner are the same. Adults, $59, and kids, $38. So what do we think about Tusker House? I've been to Tusker House. Have you guys? Not since Michael was little. Gosh, I guess we used to do a lot more character dining when Michael was younger. I mean, it makes sense. So, well, we didn't go to my kids were 12 and nine. So <laughs> I made them do some of this stuff. And for a while they were like, okay, mom, well, you know, <laughs> and if we, if we go with another family, they're willing to do it, but it's not necessarily something they're begging for now. Now it's, you know, we're truly adults parent, but no, I really, really enjoy Tusker House. I know Dave used to like, that's their go-to restaurant every time they would book their reservations. And um, I wasn't sure how it was going to be. And we've had both breakfast and dinner, which so lunch and dinner are the same. We had the dinner during still when it was family style. So again, I really liked that. And the one thing that I did like is I am allergic to curry and they had curry shrimp. And I was so sad because I love shrimp. They were so wonderful, which I know we've talked about this before, how the chefs come out for people that have allergies. But I mean, I didn't know if they would do this for me. And that lady went in the back and had the chef just like uh, grill me up some shrimp with no seasoning on it so that I wouldn't get sick. And that was amazing. So I felt like that was a really good experience, but I know they're back to buffets again, but that is one buffet that I really, really like. And Steph, if you've not taken your kids there, I would encourage you to, 
I really think, I think Lucy would love it too, but I really think Teddy would love the whole safari kind of thing. Plus um, it is the one place that has a kid buffet bar. Like it's lower and we tease Brad about this to this day because the first time we went there was for a breakfast and he was going to get food. And he goes, did you think that buffet was really low? And the three of us looked at each other like, what? He goes, yeah, like I had to really bend over to get the bacon and the eggs and the waffles. And I was like, what in the world is going on? And we're like, you went to the kid buffet. We still tease him about it because he's six foot two and he was bending over with these other little kids getting his food. But that was he didn't even notice. Well, no, because that was that was the food that he wanted was just like the kid food of the two. I probably preferred the breakfast better just because for my family, I didn't hear that. What is this? Do I have to try this stuff? So I was going to ask you that, Vicky. So with the. um the African styled cuisine. Um, I got really adventurous. This was years ago. This was before the pandemic, but years ago I got adventurous and got us uh, reservations at Boma. Boma, yum. Or Boma, yes, Boma. And um, my husband and kids almost revolted and had to go to McDonald's afterwards. Really? Oh, they wouldn't try anything? I loved it. I thought it was amazing, but I'm very open about new foods. They're not. I ate off the kids, the kids buffet there, the chicken nuggets and mac and cheese. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, so is the African food at Tusker House? Is it? Is it as African? I guess is what I'm saying. Is it? I don't know if they've changed over time. One place I will tell you, and please, listeners, do not send me hate mail. I think I've talked about this in my past trip report. I went to Sanaa. That is one place that is very, don't take anybody. If they are like Christy and chicken nuggets are their friends, do not take them to Sanaa. Do you like Sanaa? I, oh, I love did Sanaa. okay there. I ate the bread service. Oh, now the bread service, that's different. I can't remember what I ate there. Michael and I just went there a couple summers ago with my sister. I had soup. I think I had some sort of soup. Because Lucy's had the, she had this like wood, fire what are the the brick oven pizza oh yum and it was not expensive at all for a kid's meal and it was so good she didn't eat it all and i took a a piece of it and i was like i want to order this now i have ordered off the kids menu at other sit down i mean you have to pay like a la carte prices like I'm like I want the plain grilled chicken with plain vegetables, and they're like we can give that to you, but we have to charge you a la carte prices. I'm like I don't care. I just want plain food. Yeah. Well, so to answer your question, Rebecca, I there is African food, but I think that there's a nice mix of some American with African. Definitely Boma. I would say take your family back and do breakfast. Kaylee just had Boma with us when we were over spring break, and she agreed. Joey changed his favorite breakfast and dinner for years has been Ohana. And we did Boma and he's like, oh my gosh, Boma's my new favorite breakfast place. Wow. So so there are things for you to try that are African there, um, Rebecca, but they would be like, they could live on, well, you could live on the French toast bread pudding. Oh my gosh. That's so I would definitely give that a try, but yeah, I know what you're saying. I was very concerned the first time I went there, but I do love that place. And it is significantly different than Chef Mickey's. I'm not poo-pooing Chef Mickey's, but I'm saying it's a cool atmosphere with their safari costumes. How often do you get to see Daisy anywhere? True. So I recommend Tusker House for anybody. And I totally think you need to take Teddy. And if Augie gets a little bit older, he's probably going to be just as excited about it as as Teddy would be. I do think Lucy will like it because, again... Daisy, you just don't get to see her. And she looks so cute in her little outfit. Mm-hmm. So one of the most, we're going to go off food for a while. I know, you know, we all love food. One of the most popular rides at Disneyland parks is the Matterhorn bobsleds, which I hope to be able to ride when we're there in August. It's been in the park since 1959. Um, however, recently guests have experienced some issues while riding the ride. Um, and one time it eventually resulted in the cast members having to evacuate them. Well, I did know that it was in like a cave-like adventure kind of thing. And um, they were 
escorting the people out because they didn't want them to trip or get lost or even end up somewhere they shouldn't be at. And so a TikTok person, of course, posted a clip of guests being escorted off the ride in the dark caverns. It kind of looked a little spooky. Um, And so while rides are stopping at Disney World and Disneyland, it's very common. Evacuations aren't as common. And um, we still don't know why they had to evacuate that ride. It was it was a hidden secret. I was wondering if it was in like October or something or Saturday, April 1st, when everybody was playing jokes. I hate April 1st, by the way. Did I ever tell you the time that my sisters got evacuated off of Space Mountain? No, I don't think so. The highest point in Space Mountain. Uh, Reedy Creek had to come in with a cherry pick. Like the fire department had to get them off. Oh, Oh my God. My sister, Amy, who is like the timidest, like. That's the one that was there with you this time, right? Yes. The shyest, most quiet person, the most terrified person in the world, like the fire department, like. She had, they had to get, and it's hard enough for me to get out of a Space Mountain car. Yes. I mean, it was stopped, obviously, but they were at the highest point in Space Mountain and the fire department had to come Yikes. and get them out. My client was evacuated off test track today. Really? Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has been years. I, I'll have to ask Amy or Melissa, you know, because all I remember is I'm like, did you look down? Because the lights were on, obviously. But I'm like, did you look down? She's like, nope. I just held on to that firefighter. <laughs> yeah, good idea. And I forget what they, I mean, they they gave them like, back then they were f- paper fast passes. Sure. But my sister was terrified. I think they went right back to the room. She was like, I need to go lay down. You don't want to be evacuated. But that is one thing that Disney is nice about, that they usually give you some kind of consolation. Right, I think they were well compensated for their trouble. But I mean, they they were very safe. About, I mean, it wasn't like they were just letting some 16-year-old kid be like, hey, you got to get off the ride. <laughs> I could just get nervous thinking about it. Yeah. Oof. Okay, so another evacuation um, over at Disneyland. Another really popular ride over there is Indiana Jones Adventure. And since opening at the Disneyland Resort in 1995, it's become a fan favorite and a beloved attraction. Um, But the ride closed in January for large refurbishments and then reopened March 17th. Well, of course, those refurbishments didn't really fix everything. And a TikTok um, user posted a video of himself on the ride. The guests were in the Jeep ride vehicle and it appeared that the Jeep was going to be crushed by the big boulder. Somehow they were able to stop the boulder, thank goodness, and the guests were able to safely finish the ride. However, some of those guests may not ever ride that ride again um, because I'm sure they were a bit scarred from that one. The video looks a little bit scary. Yeah, I was like, I could see why there. He said, I think I'm going to, he took it while he was on there. I think I'm going to be crushed on Indiana Jones. Like he thought this was the end. Aye, aye, aye. Scary. Well, how about some East Coast news? The last showing of Harmonious happened this past Saturday, April 2nd. While it wasn't everyone's favorite nighttime show, we do realize that some people will miss it. The most controversial part of this show was the big barges that Disney built in the middle of the World Showcase Lagoon. Many of us were sad that the gorgeous view of World Showcase from the port of entry was blocked, and it ruined the beauty of World Showcase. Not to mention the barges were supposed to be beautiful fountains during the day, but that didn't pan out. They were just such an eyesore. Oh, it was terrible. I mean, I liked Harmonious, but those barges were terrible. With the last showing of Harmonious Complete, Disney, those those barges will be demolished. While this makes many Disney fans excited, we are sad that the very expensive barges are just being demolished and not repurposed. On a happier note, we welcome the gorgeous view of World Showcase back to Epcot. It surprises me that they're not repurposing them, but I don't know. Maybe in my mind, I just think that they could have repurposed them into like portals for the avengers or something but. i don't know a hundred million dollars <laughs> you think they could figure something out I think, yeah right. scrap metal for something oh my god well that's what they said they think they're going to sell it for scrap but yeah. holy right. smokes, you're not going to get a million even a million dollars it is scrap no metal. pennies on the dollar right craziness 
so I really don't know how to feel about this one. Um, did you know that Disney is going to give Snow White an update? We hadn't really heard about this, but now Disney fans are very upset at the idea of Snow White being changed. After 85 years, Disney is going to give Snow White, of course, a live action makeover. We will have to wait till 2024 to see the live version of Snow White starring Rachel Zegler as Snow White and Gal Gadot as the Evil Queen. Uh, late last year, Disney announced that it would uh, it would unveil a 4K Ultra HD version of the original film. Though Disney marks this movie as, quote, containing potentially offensive material on Disney+, Plus, um, the company has decided to move forward with updating the movie with new technology, which will ensure that the movie will be seen by generations of people to come. This announcement comes as the company moves forward with its Disney 100 celebrations. Snow White is my favorite. She always has been since I was a little girl. And I may be naive, but what in that movie is controversial? Same, or what? what's offensive? I didn't know if it's the whole thing, because you, you got to realize we're going with what offends some people and not a million other people. If it was because she lives with all the seven little men. Maybe. I mean, I, I'm trying to figure it out. Somebody looking way yeah, I too know. hard into that. I mean, some of the things when you look back over history, you can see, you know, well, that was in that time. And it is a little offensive now for some other things. But I was when I read this, I was like, Snow White. <laughs> I don't know. I never saw that as offensive. It's been a long time since I watched the movie. In the movie, does the woodsman go after her heart the way he did in the storybooks? Oh, I don't remember that part. Because I had the storybook when I was a kid and like I had this little doll that like, yeah. And I remember that part freaking me out. Like he was hmm. supposed to bring her heart back in the box. So I found out what's offensive. Okay. It's because they call her, uh, the mirror refers to her as the fairest of them all. And so referring to her, her skin being fair. Oh my word. And so that's the... Um, that is why it's kind of, it's not the, the little men that she lives with. Unbelievable. That, yeah, that is why I guess I never picked up on, I guess a lot of, um, like Kira Knightley, Alicia Keys, Kristen Bell, they've banned that book in their home. I've just never picked up on, on that. That's why they banned it. That's why they banned the book from their home libraries. Oh my goodness. Because of that. I just don't understand. I really don't. <laughs> Ferris meant like fair and kind and right. fair. Yeah, I I never associated with the her, her white skin, but some people are more fair than others. I mean, that's just a fact, you know. <laughs> I am. Look at me glowing right now, and I don't find any. I I don't like it. <laughs> My oldest daughter is very fair skinned and we all laugh because when we go somewhere like to the beach or last year we went to the Caribbean and we take a picture, she's like glowing. Uh-huh. That's what I say. I'm like, man, I like blend in with the sand. I'm like, oh, goodness. I know. One of my students today said, well, Mrs. Black, it's that time of year. And I said, and what time of year would that be? It's when I have to wear sunscreen every day because we go outside for recess. I was like, oh. I'm sorry. She's like, I burn when the wind blows. And I was like, <laughs> she's such an, a little adult in her body. It's so hilarious. So cute. I have the first say it isn't so. So Brad gets to play his new music that he made up. I don't know if you guys have caught that yet, but he made up a little song to it. Say so this family was visiting Disneyland and I was really intrigued by this story because it says they were robbed at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Now, I'm not making fun of that. I'm telling you, it's not the way that you think. So before you get really upset, Jasmine Casanova was the parent that was there. She brought her son to build a lightsaber and they were doing this. And of course, you know, it's one of the most expensive experiences at Disneyland or California Adventure and probably also in Disney World. But it's an interactive experience. And one of the most exciting and emotional things is he missed out on. So you create this lightsaber. I've never done it. So if any of you guys have what a cool experience, but 
you create the lightsaber and then apparently at the finale, everybody lights their lightsaber up at the same time. His didn't come on. It didn't ignite. And so he was confused and the whole family was disappointed because everybody else got to light their lightsabers together and kind of like it's a little ta-da kind of situation and his didn't happen. And a cast member did rush over to help the family, but still couldn't get it ignited. And the family was upset because they felt like they were robbed of that experience. They paid $240 and no one was offering to help resolve the issue. Like they didn't offer for him to come back a different time and do another one to try to redo it. And yeah, people were really ripping this apart um, on social media and I have not heard if now mm. that it's out in social media, if Disney's going to do something about it, but I really think they should. And I'm surprised that they wouldn't. I just I'm remember they didn't right then and there. Right. Because I just remember when we went our very first trip, our friend's little boy was seven, I believe. And we came out of the ice cream thing and his top of his ice cream just went flonk onto the sidewalk. And this is what I think sold me on Disney right away. Anyway, was he was crying and a cast member said, there's no crying at Disney. What happened little prince? And he's like, my ice cream is on the ground. And she goes, well, I shall take care of this right away. Come with me. And so they went inside and got him a brand new one. And so this story flabbergasted me that they did not try to take care of that for him. Especially, I mean, not compare. I mean, for a $240 experience like that, the cast member, they, they should have taken care of it. Right. I mean, this is not just buying a sweatshirt off of the rack at World of Disney. This right. is this is a very specific interactive experience. Right. I know. And you're paying that price for the experience. Right. This is this is specifically what they have paid for. I, I'm I'm blown away by this. There's gotta be more to this. I mean Well, there was not an update to the story yet. And I was hoping now that it's pretty been a recent story. So I'm hoping that someone's going to get wind of it and try to fix it because we're, I feel like we're losing the C's all this, that they wanted all these, what is it? The four C's, but now it's the five C's. We really need to be focusing on customer service again. Yeah. I know it back when I worked there, it was safety, efficiency, courtesy, and show safety was your top safety, courtesy, efficiency, and show. I have no idea. Anyways, next up, Miss Stephanie. All right. So the May 26th release of the live action, The Little Mermaid, has so many little girls excited. And I may not be little, but I am just as excited. (laughs) Um, But all these little girls can't wait to go to the theater to see the movie. The music is updated by the original writer, Alan Menken, and the Encanto songwriter, Lynn Manuel Miranda. As we talked about last week, it has been under, of course, huge controversy. Well, this week, Haley Bailey got to see the doll that was modeled after her. And it was a pretty exciting and emotional um, thing to get to see. So through all of that controversy, Haley has really proven she is a true princess, showing nothing but courage and boundless positivity, not letting anyone bring her down as they are trying to bring her down um, and just continuing to show kindness. Mattel is the maker of the new Ariel uh, doll, and it is sure to be a huge hit with girls everywhere. So when Haley was interviewed after the doll was revealed, she said, the little girl in me is pinching myself. And then tears could be seen in her eyes. And she said, she looks just like me. She even has my mole. Needless to say, it seems that Disney made a great choice for her role in this. I know that, you know, people were a little close-minded in all of this and I, not just a little. <laughs> there are yeah. a lot of people who are very close-minded in all of this, and just seeing her in the the previews and the commercials, it's she's the Little Mermaid. It's perfect. It's beautiful. So we look forward to watching the movie um, in a little less than two months. I can't wait. Need to make a girls' day to the movies. <gasps> yeah, Lucy can come too, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Say it isn't so. Number two. One thing that Disney doesn't want their guests doing is dressing like the characters and confusing other guests into thinking they are the real thing while in the theme parks. 
Recently, two young women went into Disneyland Park wearing designs by Teresa Jack. I'm guessing she's a designer. She is. Yeah, I kind of kind of did a little research and they were thought to be the real Disney characters. Guests began following these two young women around Disneyland and asking them for their autographs and to get their pictures taken with them. For those unaware, Disneyland Resort does not allow guests 14 years of age or older to wear costumes as stated in the park's dress code. This is done to ensure that they are not confused by actual Disney to confused with da- actual Disney characters or cast members risking an unpleasant interaction for all parties. However, guests 14 years of age and older can Disney bound while at the parks. Disney bounding is wearing a casual or sometimes formal outfit inspired by their favorite Disney characters. Teresa's small company, which is called Chelsea Reese by Teresa Jack, has the most beautiful and joyful dresses to Disney bound as your favorite Disney princesses. These young ladies became very nervous that they were going to get in trouble, not to mention they were anxious about all the guests following them around the park. Bottom line, you may want to think twice before dressing too much like a Disney character, if for no other reason than for your own safety. And honestly, I wasn't sure why. I don't know if you guys saw the pictures, but I wasn't sure why they thought they were the real thing, because all the princesses that I've seen have those gowns that go way far to the ground. And these girls' dresses like went right to their knee like Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, I didn't see these particular pictures. Well, one of them was in pink, so I'm assuming she's supposed to be Aurora, but she had red hair. And then the other one was in the blue dress like Cinderella. But to me, I would have known they weren't just because they're not long, but I guess to a small child, they don't realize that. Right. But like her hair was, the one girl's hair wasn't up like Cinderella and the little girl that was, or the young woman that was in like aurora dress it was beautiful but she had red hair so i would have never assumed that she was aurora because aurora had like blonde hair so i don't know maybe just me i don't know interesting well the california grill has retired the 50th anniversary menu since the final day of the celebration ended this past friday march the 31st the california grill has a new prefix menu that just came out on saturday the dinner cost for adults is $89, and it is $39 for kids. You can add wine pairings for an additional $39. That's a very expensive meal. Um, or a deluxe wine pairing for $69. You start with market inspirations, followed by chef's journey, and end with a sweet creation. Needless to say, it would make a very romantic night for a couple. And if you time your reservation perfectly, you could watch Happily Ever After from the top of the Contemporary Resort. Now that does sound like a magical evening. It sounds like what Rebecca needs to do for her anniversary. I started to say, I was thinking, I have until December (laughs) to get reservations. And that sounds like an anniversary dinner. We might skip the wine because $89 a piece is a little pricey. We might just have to drink water, but you know. And even if you don't time your reservation, even if you're not eating. Yes. You you get a ticket and you can come back and watch. Yeah, that may be what we have to do in December. I think you do need to do that for your anniversary. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. It makes me want to go. We're going in June and no parks. And so we may just have to do that. (laughs) So yesterday, Tuesday, April 4th was the first official day that Tron was open. It's going to be interesting to see what other guests have to say about this ride. Um, You have not heard my trip report. So if you want to hear about that, it actually won't even be on this week's show. It will not be on until next week's show. (laughs) That was very helpful. But we are anxious to find out how many people got the boarding groups, you know, did were there glitches with so many people trying to get it now. It, it's going to be interesting because we all know how it is when a new ride comes to Disney. But now that it's in the or will be in the Magic Kingdom permanently, you can get a boarding group on the My Disney Experience app at 7 a.m. or at 1 p.m. Or you can try to get one, I should say. Or you can pay the individual attraction selection price um, to ride it. Although we don't know what the cost is because, again, it is based on surge pricing, depending on how many guests are expected to be at the park. So it could be anywhere from $15 to 
What's the most expensive one we've heard? 25 at this point for individual attraction? 29 or 20. Well, 29 was Genie Plus. I didn't know about the ride. Oh, yeah. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed it. I, I will tell you this much. I did enjoy the ride, but there were some kinks that you'll have to hear about on the trip report. Can't wait. So it's now April. And since last week, the Mousecapades podcast named Gideon's the 2023 Disney snack winner. We kind of felt like maybe you needed to know this information on the cookie of the month. This month's cookie is the Coffee Toffee Chocolate Chip Cookie. It was a hit last year. So we're sure that, you know, guests are going to be excited again for this year. And then the cake will go right along with that. It's the Coffee Toffee Vanilla Bean Cake. Yum. And then the beverage of the month is a salted caramel nitro brew. Yum. So if you're planning on being in Orlando or Disney Springs area, we obviously recommend that you stop by Gideon's. There are two locations. If you are driving, you don't have to go to the Disney Springs location. You can go to the other one. Right. Um, and you can actually pre-order your cookies. But if you are on Disney property, then just hop on a bus, head over to Disney Springs, get in their virtual queue, and you can get one or, you know, the maximum is six. So you can go ahead and get all six, like I do, of those delicious half-pound Gideon's cookies. And the good news is... They only have virtual queues on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So you usually can get through the line pretty quick now during the week. Did you see the picture of the cho- of the coffee, coffee, chocolate chip? Oh, my word. The cookie, you mean? Uh-huh. It's amazing looking. I want to see the cake. They didn't have the cake. I looked for it. I, I am now a big fan of their cakes, too, which is not a good thing. I don't need any of it. But all oh, those cakes are delicious. Two Mickey events have changed at the Magic Kingdom. First, Magical Mickey has returned to Town Square to meet and greet his guests. Be sure to visit him if you are going to be in the Magic Kingdom. Second, Mickey's Friendship Fair has returned without a sign of 50th anniversary costumes. Other than that, the show is the same. At this time, Disney hasn't removed the 50th anniversary decorations from the castle, but the rumor is that these decorations will be removed this upcoming weekend. The blue and pink color is supposed to stay. Sorry, Matt, we know you were hoping that this would be painted back to its original colors. He just said that last week. I feel bad. (laughs) I know that the painting was in the works before the pandemic, but they took the time during the pandemic to paint it. So it would take, well, I mean, I don't know. My favorite was the pink castle cake and they did that all without shutting down. So anything is possible. (laughs) I loved that cake. Recently, the food and wine race was registering guests. Just like the past few race signups, runners had a difficult time getting registered. Even seasoned runners that have signed up in the past didn't all get to sign up for the race. The food and wine race happens the first weekend in November each year. Whatever change Disney has made to the sign-up process has caused disappointment in the lives of many Disney fans that want to be a part. If you were able to get signed up, count yourself as a lucky person. Hopefully, Disney will find a better way to register so that everyone wanting to participate in these races can. Uh, Registration for Marathon Weekend 2024 is April 6th for runners that have ran races previously. It is open to everyone on April 11th. Good luck to everyone trying to get registered. I'm by no means a runner, but I have tried a couple of times to do some of the 5Ks and have never been able to get a spot. Well, so my one of my, well, my best friend from childhood's daughter reached out to me and she's like, Aunt Vicki, um, can you give me some clues? Mom says I can do the marathon this year. And so I said, well, let me reach out because the only marathon that I are the only thing we did, we a bunch of us challenged each other during the pandemic to do the Lion King one when, with all those medals. And I said, obviously, I didn't. There weren't a lot of people. I mean, everybody could do virtual. So it wasn't a, like a competition. And so I reached out and they just told me to tell her good luck <laughs> and just have open a lot of screens because they said there is no rhyme nor reason to how you some people get it and some people don't anymore. Yeah, I have to have my brother do it, but he's run the, he, the one 5k I did, he registered me for. Oh, that's awesome. 
but it's because he's done the dopey. Gotcha. Well, we're all going to have to do it. Let's do some race when we go there for the thousandth episode, <laughs> since everybody wants to go and do it live there. That would be fun. So I'm going to give a shout out to my friends, Gracie and Lola over at Fairmont that are in Fairmont finale that listen to us. Lee and Crystal that are in California, Kelly and Jenny and Angela are here in Missouri, along with Stephanie's mom, Brenda. I apologize, Brenda, that I did not give you a shout out before now because I didn't <laughs> remember you were a diehard listener. Um, shout out to Andrew and Travis and, of course, Ashley and Ben. We appreciate that you guys are all listeners and make contact with us. And we love being able to celebrate the magic with you each week. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for listening. And please go on to Apple or Podbean and give us a rating and a comment. It means a lot to us. We love hearing from our listeners. Be sure to let us know what you would like to hear more about. We're always open to hearing um, from you and collecting your suggestions and putting them into our show. Um, We are always reshaping our show to cater to our listeners' needs. So please reach out. If you're interested in being a guest on our show, or if you have questions or comments, just text us at 636-373-4497. You can check us out on our social media account, The Mousecapades Podcast on Facebook. If you would like a free quote, contact Rebecca, Stephanie, Vicki, or myself, Chrissy, at 636-373-4497. Be sure to listen to Friday's show. Vicki, Kaylee, and her mom will be talking about part one of their spring break girls trip to Disney World. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades and more podcast. Well, girls, I think it's about that time. Disney love. Second star to the right. Bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Have a magical day, my friends. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, I couldn't be fonder of my big home. The bees are buzzing in the trees to make some honey just for me. When you look under the rocks and the plants and you take a glance at the fancy ants and then maybe try a few, the bare necessities of life will come to you. They will come to you. They will come to you.